Hello, and welcome to Fancy Black Lady. I'm your host, Jamila Carrington-Smith. And I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. One quick note before we get started. If you love Fancy Black Lady, tell your friends about us. And for those of you who are Apple Podcast listeners, be sure to leave us a rating. In fact, leave us a review. Tell us what you love about the show. It helps us understand what's working, and it also helps new listeners discover us. Thanks. So you know I told you the last time I went into Whole Foods and I saw the woman who packed the groceries? Yeah. Same woman today. She's talking again about she has already put in her resignation. Has she? Yes. And again, I'm in the line. Yeah. And she's talking to how it started was I bought a watermelon and you bought a what? I bought a watermelon. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, Congratulations. Thank you very honey. much. Thank you very much. I channeled you. I was like, which one would she pick? Which watermelon would she pick? And then I just started. It's not even it, about which I... one I would pick. It's just about there being out there picking it. Go ahead. <laughs> So I picked this watermelon and then I got all these fruits and vegetables because I'm doing this whole juicing and smoothie. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm in line and the woman, the young lady who was checking me out, she says, would you like your watermelon in a bag or would you like to hold it? And I said, oh, I can hold it. And then the woman who bags the, she was bagging the groceries was actually training her. And she says, every time there's a woman, they will hold their watermelon. Every time there's a man, they want it in a bag. Interesting. Every time I keep telling these trainees, it's amazing. The differences between how people hold the watermelon. Huh. I said, I never thought of that. And so then she gets on this whole thing about her children and staying home. And she put in her resignation because she's doing this before she goes because she is going to be a teacher. And I said, were you the woman the last time I was here that talked about resigning because you need to homeschool? And she says, yes, because not on my watch will my children be in any type of danger. So I'm going to quit my job so that that I can become a teacher. She says, you know what? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and the money will come. Oh my goodness. I need to know this woman. That's what I said. I said, I like you. I don't even know you, but I feel like I need to know you. And then I said, so what grades are they in and what are you doing? And so she says they're in like 13 and 11 years old. I said, do you know about Khan Academy? She says, I do not. I said, oh, you must register your children on Khan Academy. It will give them an assessment by grade level and it's free. And just do that when it comes to math and some other stuff. And she's like, thank you so much. She took notes. And I felt like I, I did something. So in all fairness, I feel like I should tell everybody that this is an episode that we are re-recording and (laughs) we initially recorded it last week. And in the end, we had a product that we were not satisfied with. And that's the reason why we're re-recording this. But all that is to say that I have been thinking about this woman all week because I feel like we are all some version of her, regardless of circumstances. And there are many, many points of view about how people feel about going back to school in the fall. But I've been thinking about that woman because this pandemic, as as terrible as things have been, 
and as difficult as schooling has been, the prospect of starting a whole new school year with just loads of uncertainty about absolutely everything and the choices that people will have to make and the reverberations those choices will have on an already fragile jobs outlook. I don't even say economic outlook. I'm just talking about jobs, and I'm talking specifically about women's jobs, because the work of educating children more often than not ends up being the work of women on top of the other work that we do. And as I'm thinking about that, as I'm thinking about what to do with my own children, I'm thinking about this woman who you know, there, there is no option for her to do that job from home. She is quitting her job to make her children the priority here. And these are the, I call them impossible choices, but when it comes to your children, these choices are not impossible. They are very clear. So I've been thinking about her all week. Yeah. It's not an impossible choice. And I just hope that one day she can reach back into that moment that she had today mm -hmm. at the grocery store and said the money will come. And we believe and have faith in the fact that when we do what we have been purposed to do, the things that we need will come. But I hope that in moments where she finds herself without, if there shall be moments like that, that she remembers this time so that she can remind herself. I can hope so too. And the truth is, I really do want to know her. So I feel I like need I need to you to go to the grocery Foods. store and give her my, no, I feel like you need to go back to your Whole Foods because wherever that is, is far away. You can give her my number because I would like to know this woman. But part of what we wanted to talk about as we wrap up this season is the nature of the work that we do. And we started out by talking about adding something one more thing to your already full plate. And as we move into this school year, so many of us, particularly women, will be adding our children's education. Their well-being is always on the plate, but now we're talking about making sure that we don't neglect their education and, and it'll require a lot of active investment. And that will be a big thing that we're adding to our plates. And the reason I've been thinking about that woman is um, wanting to be clear when we talk about having a full plate, this is not busy work. This is meaningful work. Yeah. Yeah. Because the busy work means that you are, I call it having indigestion because you have this plate of things set before you and you are taking nibbles and you're still on the move. You're still on the run and you just don't have time to savor any one bite. I, I liken busy to being a jack of all trades and master of none. And while there is room in this world for everyone and there are seasons that we all find ourselves in and I can remember moments in my life that I have been very busy, but I will tell you that busy doesn't equal anything but tired. It does. Just hearing you say that makes me feel tired. <laughs> but let's talk about what that means, because I know you have a full plate, I have a full plate. But just to make that clear, what does your full plate look like right now? Well, I own my own therapy practice. And so that's one. I have a business. Um, we have this 
Fancy Black Lady, which is wonderful work. And quite frankly, it's the kind of work that brings the wholeness of all of the parts of me under one roof for me. That's what Fancy Black Lady does for me. I have my clinical work that I do that I oversee. I have a major project that I can share something about that much, much later. Um, and then a colleague of mine and I started this task force of behavior scientists that focus on eradicating social injustices within our profession and pro then these local projects that we have. And then I have two children. I have um, this um, husband who is not my help, but he is an equal partner in our relationship. And I appreciate that. And I have my family and things that are related to the affairs that I now manage for my father who passed away recently. And that's been kind of uh, challenging for me a bit emotionally. So I just want to say openly that every fancy black lady needs another fancy black lady who will hold her up when she needs it. And so I am grateful for this, but I'm also grateful for this relationship and especially the card I received in the mail today from my friend Jamila. That's Thank very you. sweet. You're welcome, friend. Thank you. You have a lot going on and this is not that busy mess. Everything you said has its own cascading set of priorities and needs and it would be dishonoring any one of those things to say that each one is a project because each one right. is a universe really each one is a universe <sighs> so what about you what do you have going on well um i am under resourced in a job that requires my full imagination and ingenuity and creativity and inside of that job we've done things like develop and then expand and then completely transform an entire program from the ground up we transformed it because of covid which means that we did it under tremendous time pressure in the space of six weeks. Um, I am rolling out two virtual reality pilot programs and uh, also working on phase two of a program to help people who are in the grip of opioids. I am developing an app. This is all related to that job and each of those things just requires just a deep level of commitment and like I said, creativity, ingenuity, which is, it's a lot, it's a lot to give. Um, I am politically active, yeah. and this is a big year to be politically active. I was invited with a colleague to pitch a shoot-the-moon idea to a global company, and that could really, if it turns into something, could be something really big. And so that's going to require just a huge amount of investment of energy and creativity, again, in a very short time. And then whatever happens with that, being ready to follow that up. I am active in my alumni network for the entire state of Michigan for people who are interested in my alma mater. A few times a year it ramps up and I'm at a point right now where I there's some things that I need to do because kids will be entering college in the fall and I need to help facilitate some things that need to happen there. Um, I have my children at home with me and I need to be thinking about what education will look like for them in the fall and there's this and I am learning something new all the time. It is immensely, intensely challenging, but it's in all the right ways and for all the right reasons. And so the only reason I can do all of these things, and I must, I am needed in all of these places, and I feel like it has to be me because at this moment, 
I'm using everything I've ever learned. And that is deeply satisfying to me. But having a plate that's this full also brings a lot of clarity. So I know that if someone comes to me with something that doesn't meet, you know, this, they talk about in real estate, a piece of real estate being used for its highest and best purpose. And I feel like I'm approaching my highest and best purpose, you know, in that I'm using like everything I've ever learned in all my years, which is just an incredible feeling. But it just lets me be very clear. So if someone approaches me with something that does not fit into this highest and best purpose, then I can easily say no and not feel badly or guilt or all the things that people say they feel when they say no. I have none of that. So I, I like when you talked about the clarity part because mm. the clarity is the ability to reject. Yes. And every opportunity is not yours. Is one of the biggest lessons I have learned and I've gotten opportunities for um, speaking engagements or things like that, but it's been on a Saturday mm -hmm. and I've rejected them because I have committed to Saturdays being something that I, Saturday mornings and that time being something that I spend with my family. So it's not the, we have all these things, our calendars are full. In, in contrast, they are not full they're just more meaningful so they you, are yeah you look at what will this opportunity bring what will this opportunity um, what's the impact is it for me or is it for someone that i know that i can give that opportunity to but yes when we talk about this full plate and the time that people have and the economics of it all I get nervous because in the field that I'm in, one of the reasons that I developed the practice that I have is because I needed the flexibility for myself. And so I built a business around it. And so I wanted to remain committed to working mothers. I, in an education in a clinical field, is bombarded with women. And how dare we have a field bombarded with women and then we don't give them the space to grow as their life changes. Yes. Women are the first responder friends. They are first responder parents and spouses and you parent your parents at a certain time and you make room for that. How can we, how could we say that we are a helping profession and we are not supportive of the life changes of the people who are on the front lines, whatever their degrees are. So during this time of COVID, it's been very important to me to make sure that we ask the people who work, how can we best accommodate you? Because your children are home. And as we open our clinics back up, what do you need to help you be able to be there? Like what should your schedule look like now? So that is difficult, but it's a commitment. I, I have not found the best balance yet, but as I ask myself those questions, I ask other people around me who work with me and for me, I ask them those questions too. And I'd like to say we do the best we can, but it's difficult. I heard you say balance. I heard you say doing the best you can. And that has me honestly just thinking about the reality of what a day looks like, because for all the things that I listed, my day might look a little counterintuitive to a lot of people because there are blocks in my day. 
in order to be creative, you have to have space for your mind mm -hmm. to just explore or rest, <laughs> right? Yeah. But you also have to feed it. And so every morning I wake up and for an hour, sometimes two hours if, if I lose track of time, but for an hour to two hours, I am reading publications before I get out of bed. Now, only the, the fact that we are now at home lets me do that. And it just changes some of the things I'm able to do with my time. But I wake up in the morning, I spend an hour or two just reading publication after publication, understanding the news and the landscape and all of that. I, as I'm getting ready, as I'm showering, brushing my teeth, I'm listening to radio and podcasts. And it's just filling my mind with mostly news, but also ideas and perspectives and new ways of thinking about things. And then towards the end of my day, there's television time. Like after a certain hour, I've been very clear about shutting things off because if you're working at home and relaxing at home, the risk, of course, is that one bleeds into the next and then you just cannot break out of this constant yeah. work cycle where you're just never off. So I watch junk television and I love it. It's necessary. But then another thing that I do during the day, during the workday is um, I have a colleague who I work very closely with. And so we have set up two and a half hour blocks twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have these two and a half hour blocks. Now she and I end up talking daily, but those are the days and I just block them off as work sessions. Those are the days when she and I just intensely sit down and work on stuff. And if people need to meet with my team, my little two person team, I request that they join us during that session. Because what it does is it it, it uh, changes the, the way the rest of my day flows. It minimizes interruptions of people wanting to have a meeting here or there. I've trained, if you will, people to meet me in these spaces that I've defined. And um, it makes a big difference. I would not be able to operate if I didn't have time to feed my brain and then time to feed my brain junk food at the end of the day and then time during the day when I know that people will be calling on me and those are the times when I can focus on that because I have meetings, board meetings, you That's know, I so have good. this meeting I have. That's so good. Yeah. I don't. But it's the only way. I don't do that. I don't do that. I, I, I don't do that well enough anymore. For the last two weeks, my brain has been in a complete scramble. I have felt like it has been so scrambled and it really has resulted in at the end of the day, I sit on the couch and I can see a commercial and I cry. Mm -hmm. And that's how I know that I am overwhelmed. It's just too much. And it's not one thing. It's not even that I do too much. Let, let me say this. It's not even that I'm doing too much. It's just that I've not, I'm, I stopped giving myself a moment. I stopped giving myself a moment to take a, a breath. And I felt like my brain and my body were sad over me. Interesting. And that, that's, that's deep. Now that I have some clarity and I feel clear, clearer today than I have felt in, in two weeks, I feel like my body and my brain have been in mourning and grieving over me. Like 
Landria, this is so sad that you're not giving yourself a moment and you're not giving yourself a break and you feel so, so scrambled and we are so sorry about this. Yes. And I'm, me too. Like, it's like, we yeah. feel so scrambled. But yesterday I said to myself, okay, from 12 to 1.30, I'm, I'm up. I'm going to give myself some time. And there was a couple things. I mean, my children decided to rate me as a parent and they said that I was, oh, oh yes, these yeah. little people. Oh my goodness. We'll give you an 80%. And I thought, oh heck, that's, that's not even a B plus. That's like barely a B. That's not even a strong B. So I said, okay, that's their way of saying, this, you're not doing a great job anymore, mom. This but the luxury, the luxury is being the kind of child who can give grades. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, they don't know how good they have it. I'm like, tell me how I'm doing. Uh, 80%. But you know, these people are biased because sometimes they will, you know, you give them a piece of candy. They're like, oh, 85. So they're not right. They you should ask them if they want to eat dinner tonight. You bump right. it up to 90. <laughs> I was telling my husband, I was like, you know, I just, I'm so sad every night. And my husband is, he is my friend, right? Yes. Um, I said, well, we partner well together, we parent well together, but I have just been sad. And he said to me, you are responsible for you not being sad. That's not me. And I said, right? I mean, he's you know, right, but it's hard brother, to hear. This brother is hard. This brother, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's, he's married that's just, to me. That's, that's just too much to truth. You it's are the too, too much, much truth. truth family. I'm sorry. We are the too much truth family. So he says that. And I said, yeah, I understand that. But can you just be a better friend to me? Because I feel like I need a better friend. And yeah. he said, so that looks like checking in with you to see how you are. And I said, yeah, I, I'd appreciate that. And so those are the kinds of conversations that we have had. So, you know, I, I, I understand what he said, and then I had to state my need. Yes. And then talk about what it is that I needed from him, because as the more comes on your plate, I said this to um, my therapist, right? Mm -hmm. I said this to my therapist, as the more has become on my plate and it's become heavier, it's not that I can't handle it because I know I can do anything. I know right. I can. I said, what happens is that the strength that I used before needs to elevate to meet the need that I have now. And I need to strengthen that muscle. And in order for me to strengthen that muscle, I have now realized in having this conversation with her and in my own introspection that I just need to go deeper and giving myself more time. So that's where that hour and a half block came from. Because when I wake up in the morning, I don't read <laughs> the way you read. I don't listen to things. Well, no. I, well, the stuff I read doesn't put my heart, it does not lighten my load and put my heart at ease. I mean, <laughs> I'd say all that. Mm -mm. Let me tell you, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I think I'm still tired. That's how I wake up. Am I still tired? And then I have these kids. Can we eat? Do we have breakfast? Did you make it? And I'm like, have some cereal. No, I want pancakes. And See, waffles. no. And that's another, that's also why I, okay, there are two reasons why I can stay in bed for two hours and read. Number one is that I've told my children, there is cereal, there is lunch meat. Breakfast and lunch are on you. 
<laughs> I will make dinner. But if you want a sandwich, you if you it. want a sandwich, make it work. <laughs> right? And then the, the other thing. The other thing is that um, I was that kid who would stay up all night. You know, if I found a book that I loved, I would stay up yeah. all night reading it. Now, my children maybe have inherited that. And so, especially my younger one, he's only nine years old, but twice I have caught him at 2 a.m. And yes. once I went into his room at 7 a.m. thinking, oh, he fell asleep reading and, you know, his light is still on. This child had stayed up all night reading Harry Potter. And so... Mm. Besides me having a bone to pick with Ms. J.K. Rowling, I also just feel like we're at home. Education is expansive. That thing that makes them want to chase an idea or, you know, they get so into what they're reading that they just, they just get so immersed and forget to sleep. At a time like this, I can forgive it. And so okay. if he needs to sleep until noon because he stayed up until 3 a.m. reading, it's okay with me. Yeah. Our kids are two different age ranges. Yeah. Except my daughter. She will wake up by nine, but, and then they want to eat. So I have to, one of us, between my husband and I, have to make sure that we put things out for him. I, I For them, I think for us, what has worked well is that he also does everything but comb hair. He will put food out. He will make, mm -hmm. he will go to the groceries. Like we have similar people, but they do the same thing. Yeah. So uh, that we do. So it's not gender specific in terms yes. of who does the dishes. Cause I don't do the dishes in my house. And you recently had this dishwasher debacle. Well, you've been talking about your dishwasher and I think it's contagious or something. Cause my dishwasher blew. <laughs> and so we've had to do dishes by hand, but it took a long time to get there because we do not. So we had all the dishes piled up. All the dishes were dirty. Like we had gone through the regular dishes. We had gone through the china. We had gone through like the plates that we have when we have a big party. <laughs> so all of the dishes were there. And I just kept walking by and looking at it and thinking about how much I don't want to wash all these dishes by hand. And my husband, who is also my friend, said the exact right thing what he said was throw the dishes away we need new dishes anyway <laughs> and i thought how did you know exactly what to say right and then he did the dishes see which it makes all this possible right yeah it makes all of this possible it makes all this possible speaking of all this so we know that we have this thing coming this school year coming and you and I, like everybody, are deciding what will happen with our children. And without going into all that detail, really what it means for so many of us is just taking on one more thing during this already yeah. very burdened time. So I would just ask the question, is it crazy to take on one more thing? We know the school thing is coming, but we also have other things going on. Is it crazy at this time to take on more stuff or is it somehow good for us? Um, I don't think it's crazy to take on one more thing. I do think it is uh, self-sabotaging not to analyze the efficiency of the things. Mm -hmm. So we're taking on the thing of we have decided to 
unenroll our children from yes. their school and they will we will be homeschooling them for the entire year. Mm-hmm. But will I be able to sustain this by myself with the intensity of all the things? And the answer is no. So we collaborated with another family. And between that family and our family and maybe a third family, our children will have a learning pod together. And whether it's virtual, where they will be in a class with a teacher. So we have together hired, well, we are interviewing a tutor to mm-hmm. tutor our children. Mm-hmm. And we put some other things in place, like someone to hop between homes to do gym class or outside activities okay. with the kids. So we are doing that because there is no way that I could manage a six to eight hour school day plus my workload. So I believe in bringing in um, assistance for things. I do. I believe in bringing in assistance too. My school district is offering a virtual learning option, but more and more I'm thinking that I will unenroll my children and homeschool them um, because I sent them to school. Their education started long before they got to school. And then when they did get to school, all I heard was, I can't believe your child knows this and is aware of that. And I just thought, you know, the very same thing that let them be so successful in school it was you. Not, it was me. It, it was, was you. Me. And yep. I think that a day that's structured, that is an iteration of an in-school program, which we've all seen translates to many hours on Zoom and many hours on a computer. And I think yeah. that is, it's bad for learning. But to be honest with you, my kids staying up all night and reading Harry Potter, that is the kind of education that I can get down with. And I can look at Mm -hmm. standards and I can get them there. And I've done it in math. I've done it in science. I've done it in literature. I told you this for my children is the summer of oratory, right? And so they are learning things that will add to their personal canon. These are things that some of this is the way I learned growing up. You know, my mother had this incredible library. And I remember learning so much about history and politics just by flipping through some of these books as a kid, because some of the pictures were like pictures that a kid shouldn't see. So, of course, you want to see them and then you start to read a little bit about them. And as you learn, you put all the pieces together. And uh, but this is the way that learning happens. And I would like them. I would love for them to explore to learn in a way that's more exploratory and learn in a way that's contextualized and puts a bunch of pieces together from a bunch of different disciplines. And I can do that. I have done that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I I will tell you, my fear is, is that I know in my gut that we are not going to do this, that this is going to be a new way for us. This is not just a school year moment. This thing that we are doing and creating is something that we will be moving forward with. So yeah, yeah, all that is to say that is this meaningful stuff. I don't think it's crazy to take it on. And what greater purpose could there be than the education, the well-being, the investment in your children? Yeah. yeah. And no, actually, I take that back because the investment in yourself is meaningful as well. And to be honest, I think that for me, all these things that I'm doing right now count as investment in myself. So the investment of you and fancy black lady, what does that mean? Because we came up with this name over brunch, yeah, right? Was it brunch? And we Chilaquiles, were... <laughs> <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> 
You know, you just like saying the word. I like you, saying it. You like saying the word. I feel like I, I, I either I want to make it or I want to go get some more. But um, we were eating brunch, having brunch, eating chi- uh, chilaquiles, right? Mm-hmm. And margaritas, which were so great. It wasn't margaritas, not for brunch. It was not. No, it was, was some it? other cocktail. It was frozen. It was good. It was very good. It was a berry something. It was a berry something, and it was not frozen. Okay. I don't want these people thinking we drink margaritas in the morning. Go ahead. It's okay. It's okay. It's <laughs> it was okay. my birthday. It was her birthday. So, yes, if we did, we did. So, <laughs> <laughs> would you say, I can do what I can do? I can, I can do what I can do, whatever I, I can love do. It. <laughs> so, um, and then we were talking about my going to get a dress. No, I'm yes. getting a dress for something. Yes, for a boule. Yes. And you called me a fancy black lady, so you made up the term. Well, I was listening to you, and it's just like, I can't believe she's complaining about this, like about this fancy event she has to go to. And I think I might have said something like, I don't want to hear you cry any tears over this. Nobody made you be a fancy black lady. You did that to yourself. (laughs) And then I said, we should have this podcast. Well, it, at that point, it had become a running joke, you know, so yes, 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 I yes. do something and you say, well, you're such a fancy black lady. And it's, and then we started whispering it because we were like, oh, no, people are going to hear. They're going to take the name. Right. right. <laughs> They're going to take the name. But yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I feel like that's a name I had to grow into. I couldn't I, I wouldn't be able to stand firmly against next to that name in my younger self. But now I can stand firmly next to that name because I know that that that's a pretty audacious name. And not only is it is it an audacious name, it's a audacious way to move in this world. It's an audacious name and it is a bold way to move through this world. But make no mistake, I have earned every one of my stripes. So I wear it with pride. I wear it with, you know. It's bold, but I'm bold. But you're right. right. 20 years ago, I don't think I would have been comfortable associating that name with me. But like I said, but, you but know. You, but you knew it to be true on the inside about yourself 20 years ago. I knew it to ago. be true. But yeah. like I said, I have earned every, every stripe, stripe at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every fancy black lady has earned every stripe to walk around and to enter spaces in this bold way. And it's like, yeah, I'm fancy. And it's like one of those things um, when people give you this look of, oh my gosh, like, where did you come from? You've gotten that before. Like, where did you come from? Or you do this so well, or how did you know that? And it's, it's not just the question, it's the manner in which the question is said it's it's one the tonality of it is just you know it's this we took their breath away and it's amazing they've never met someone like us and this is and it's all of these things and it's like i'm not an alien there are many more like me it's always what i think like i'm the first one that you've met like this i'm shaking my head i know who else have you been meeting so, you need to, you need better friends, basically. No, who, me? You need more friends. No, no, not you, but yeah, like the, other the people, people who, the yeah, people who the people think who we are, that. 
the people who think we are unicorns. Because we're not a unicorn. Or if we are, we come from a land of unicorns it's where everybody's a unicorn. Is a unicorn you know? Just like, <laughs> as far as <laughs> I'm concerned, cool. there's nothing special about this situation. No, 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 not at all. It's like when people met Michelle Obama, who I need yes. to listen to her podcast. People met Michelle Obama and they were like, oh my gosh, but you and I are both from the South side of Chicago. And but I just want to tell them there's th th that's what, that's what we're made of. Landria. This is what it is. People are just like, Michelle Obama is from the south side of Chicago and she went to Princeton. I'm like, I'm from the south side of Chicago and went to Princeton. Like, right. That's no, I didn't marry the president. <laughs> you, know. well, you didn't know you were. Well, she didn't know she was marrying a president either. But she, she didn't did know she marry was somebody. It's like, look, you know, I I hear you and she is amazing. But, you know, she's not she's not a unicorn. She's not a unicorn. And she'll tell you that she's not a unicorn. Yes, she knows. She knows what it's like. I was in this conversation and this woman's like, in some spaces, people think that maybe she's too loud or she's too much. And she was just checking to make sure that that would be okay in the camp of work that we will be doing together. And I said, listen, everybody I know is like me. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I said, so come on in. This is how we roll. This is what we do. This is what we do. And you know what? Being what a fancy do. black lady, when I hear about that woman at Whole Foods who decided, you know what, I'm gonna quit this job because not on my watch will my child survive harm. That's a fancy black lady. That's fancy stuff. Yes, it is. Those are decisions. And guess what? We're gonna be all right. We, we are, are going to be all yes. right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think in this last um, episode of season one, what we have learned, I'm not, I, I don't even want to speak for you, but what I have learned is that in all things, this embodiment of this term or this phrasing, this word of a wording of fancy black lady is that we thrive. We thrive and we, it's not just about survival. We more than make it and everything that we touch does well too. Cause it's just all fancy. We do thrive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next season. Yeah. That's just a couple of weeks. <laughs> I know. We'll be working this whole time. We'll be working the whole time. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Fancy Black Lady. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and visit our store at fancyblacklady.com. And as always, keep it fancy.